Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell, Tyler on the boards. How y'all doing today? Good, good. Everything's been a great week. Yep. Hey, this is a glorious week for me. School starts back. <laughs> Man, I, just, I love it. It is a good week. Does it bother you seeing all the pictures of the kids on social media and all that stuff? I don't really look. Uh, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. It's like a, a victory. You done made it through summer. It felt like it's been a long summer, man. Yeah, We it get is. so off schedule because so we got a seventh grader now, and we were used to during the school year, you know, we're getting up. We're setting the alarm 545. And we're up and at them and have to be need to be out the door by six forty five. I mean, we can't even put him on the bus because it had to be six thirty. That changed my whole game. By minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> getting up at five thirty, just man, it doesn't seem right. But I like the fall. It's probably my, one of my favorite times of the year because school's going back, getting back on the schedule. Football's fixing to start. Yep. You got college and pros. We got baseball winding down. Going to have the playoffs. We got dove season in September. We got hunt deer season coming up. It's just, I mean, all these great barbecue contests in the fall. It's a fun time of year. Yeah, and it starts cooling off a little bit. And it bit starts of... cooling off, breaking that summer heat, man. Yeah. That's what, that's what. It's nice to get a change. Yeah. And we uh, have to get back and hit it hard because we, we always take a little break after July 4th and getting ready to go back. I mean, it's just a lull time. You're squeezing in those vacations, those last minute vacations. Kids are getting on your nerves. <laughs> You've done had enough, and it's time to get them back to school and let those teachers deal with them. <laughs> yeah. I did have something I want to talk to you about. So after the first day of school, these seventh grade teachers are sending home, like, questionnaires on your kids like they're in second, third grade, you know, like, what's their favorite colors? What, are they, <laughs> yes. what, what, do, you, what do they aspire to be when they grow up? Or I mean, <laughs> what, One question was, what is your dream for your child? So... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I put that's up to him. Yeah. I would have put space. That's all I would have put if I'd answered space. Do the first read what, in space. What's his strengths and weaknesses? Well, <laughs> that's a job interview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, do you, so that was my question. Do you list think out his weaknesses? Do you think you should like? I know my parents didn't fill out nothing like that. When I, I mean, no. After you got out of elementary school, that was the last time you were like obligated to go to a school function or something. You had to go meet a teacher, drop off school. Now, didn't you get junior high? Oh, it's you know. I feel like you need to toughen up. Was, it's like yeah, it's, it's preparing you for you know what it's going to be like. I feel yeah. like sixth grade was the bubble. I would have done it in sixth grade. You can't baby grade. these kids like that. No. He's, yeah. But he's fixing to be a teenager. That's right. He'll be 13 next yeah. month. I mean, that's, God, come on. I don't like that. I forgot to There's another. Oh, you got another homework assignment on one because I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it either. I'm an English, this, this, it was, what was it, a million words or less? Did you see this thing? It was like, you're supposed to write this, I guess, essay, uh, essay on your kid. Like, what the, all the. Everything about your kid for their test. Like, no, you need to go ask the sixth grade teacher. <laughs> like, it's in the same building. You can go over there, whatever class that he had last year. Go ask them what he's like. They spent time with him in class. I ain't never been to class with him. <laughs> I know what he's like at home. He's upstairs playing video games or outside <laughs> getting into trouble. <laughs> Maybe that's what you put on it. I don't know. 
How do you feel, though? Uh, you should ask him as the way. He's seventh grade. He can yeah, explain Yeah, ask him how he feels. <laughs> so I graduated way more recently, and I feel like we didn't have anything like yeah, that. Yeah. So that's a very, very that's some new thing. I don't know, man. I don't know about this. So, uh, anyway, school's back, and I'm excited. Now, the traffic sucks. <laughs> it did take us an hour to get him to school, which should be a 10, 15-minute ride and drop-off. It'll, it'll even back out. Yeah, this is nuts in Hernando right now. Um. So I wanted to talk to you about the Palmer Home Campaign. Yes, it's still rolling. Yes, um, it's going until Labor Day. Labor Day. So we got month. a month. Yeah. Um, Eric actually uh, wrote in and said we should call it the VIPP, the Very Important Pig Pig Game. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to call it, the VIPP. <laughs> so we have hit over $5,000 that great. we've raised. So, um, but there's still time to get it in if you'd like to come to – the How to Barbecue Right headquarters, hang out with us for a day, cook a whole hog, Enjoy eat really good. We're going to talk barbecue. Yeah. It's going to be a fun day. Fun day. Um, top five fundraisers and one of their guests will be invited. So it'll be like 10, 12 people max. Yeah. We may Very have a few explosive. other special friends or something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Hang out. Yeah. We'll see, see if we can get to hang out with us that day. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that always pops in my head. But if you'd like to get more information or get signed up or help us raise money for the Palmer Home, go to howtobarbecuewrite.com forward slash Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R. We still got time. Yeah. And, hey, I was on Greg Rimpy. It's always, you know, first Tuesday of the month. I was always on there, and he's helping us promote it, too, um, on his podcast, the Barbecue Central Show. Oh, that's awesome. And he does. He has got a match. So it's the first person, one of his listeners, that lets him know they're donating $1,000. He's going to match $1,000. Oh, wow. So if that's anybody's what, out there listens to the Greg show, y'all support him. We might and, guarantee those two seats. <laughs> no, that's what I told him. I yeah. said, Greg, Greg's always got an invite. Yeah. You know, but anyway, I just want to shout that out and check out his podcast uh, at least the first Tuesday of every month. That's what <laughs> I'm on it. But no, he's, uh, he's got all the breaking news and everything going on in the world of barbecue, too. He, he's he been doing it as long as we have. Heck yeah, I've been a listener and supporter longer. and fan and friend of his for a long time. Yeah. Probably as long as we've been doing barbecues when we first heard about it and started listening to it. Heck yeah. Do you know what a big deal it was to be invited to speak on the Heck Barbecue yeah. Central show? That was for it. The first time? Man, I was. You yeah. made it. You made it. <laughs> that was 14 years ago, probably. <laughs> um, also, want to give a congrats to Swine Life. Yeah, they got a jack draw yesterday. Yeah. That was yeah. so. The Jack Daniels Invitational is coming up. It's in October every year, uh, third weekend, I think, of October every year. It's a very exclusive like barbecue contest. Invitational only. You got to win a grand championship and get pulled in a draw, which they, they put all the grand champions for the you know for the state in a draw, and they pull out a name of the people that have won them, and that's who gets to go. Or you can win seven grand championships in a year, which that's a tough feat. There's a lot of them that do it. Yeah. That's a tough feat, and they invite their champions back, and they have a big international uh Section two, or whatever yeah. you want to call it, there. And I, I looked at the the list on that. And there's several countries represented this year too. That's cool. So that means travel's opening back up. It's going to be an awesome contest, and we may just have to. Get, I wish I could get in to judge. I've been. That's one of my dreams. I want to judge the Jack. You never have. Yeah, I never got to. But I mean, I may just go and support support all my buddies. Yeah, the Jack draw is a little controversial in the barbecue. Just gotta drink whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so well, there's been so many teams that. Have been awesome barbecue teams, won multiple, multiple grand championships and never got to go. They yeah. never got pulled, never yeah. got lucky. You've got to be 
A lot of that's luck too. I mean, like yeah. Swine Life, they only cooked that one contest. I think, and they may have cooked they, a couple. They cooked a couple more contests, but they got in from a grant. They only won one grant. Yeah, and that was in Virginia. But so in your state, if there's not if, if like if the state of Mississippi doesn't have another team with the grand championship. You, if you got one, no matter where you want it, you automatically get to go if it's as long as it's a qualifying contest. Yeah. And so I don't know if they got to so go on you, that. The deal is every state has to be represented. Yeah, they try to represent all 50 states. So and some of them, some of them like only have one contest, so that's a big contest everybody tries to go to because they know if they win it, they're going to get to go to the Jack yeah. for that state. So it's, it's a cool deal. I see a lot of grown men complaining about the Jack <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be complaints. But. Yeah. Sure, somebody got shafted. But Swine Life's going to go. We might go and cheer them on. Hang out. I love going to Lynchburg, especially in the fall. If you've never been to that contest, it is as much as a spectator sport there. I mean, you know, most KCBS contests aren't. There's not a lot going on, but there's just something about being down there. Smoke rolling, the fall time. Jack Daniels. You can go tour the distillery. The little town square is awesome. It's just a cool place. The only drawback. Not a lot of places to stay. Yeah, yeah. There's no hotels around there. It's like well, a 30-minute drive to the nearest hotel. Probably so. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's hour and 20 minutes from Nashville, not too far from Huntsville, Alabama. So there's some big cities that are yeah. fairly close that, you know, you can you can stay at and drive over for the day or something. If you had to go, what day would you say go? Would you go Friday or would you go Saturday? I don't know. Friday or Saturday. I guess Saturday is probably the big, big festive day. Yeah, but Saturday they're vent- they got a lot of vendors set up yeah. selling food, and I guess they're still doing all that. I haven't been in Several years. Do they still do the parade? The parade's yeah, on Friday. Yeah, they always do that. That's on Friday. They have a big team uh, kind of dinner party up on top of the hill. And I think that's to sabotage you. If you go up there, <laughs> man, it's, whew, makes cooking tough the next <laughs> overnight. <laughs> yeah, you can get into trouble at the Jack. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And, I mean, surprisingly, it's dry. Dry county, so <laughs> alcohol is not allowed to be consumed. But once you're in your little area and you got it in a cup, they don't know. Uh, I have been worn pretty good yeah, there. Like cops, were, saw, I was standing in the trailer with the door open, just talking, pounding a bottle, I think, or something. No, know. you were making a drink. Oh, just right there. You were yeah. talking to somebody, and you were making a drink, okay. and the cop happened to drive by while you were making your drink. He stopped and said something to me. Yeah, he sure did. He didn't take it, but he sure he sure let me know that he saw what I was doing. Mm-hmm. He told you he wouldn't warn you again. Is that yeah, yeah? Something along those lines. He was he was, was serious, serious about it. Yeah. Anyway, that's coming up. Um, America. What else is coming up though, Shell? Next weekend. I would like to let you know that America's Test Kitchen. Do you have you ever heard of America's Test Kitchen? They do. I think they have a show on yeah, PBS. I've or whatever. heard of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, they picked um blue plate mayonnaise as the best mayonnaise. Oh. Blue- <laughs> I agree with them. We need to have like a blind mayonnaise taste. <laughs> We've off talked about to anybody this. that's a mayonnaise eater and see which one they, if they could pick, pick the brand. Whether it's pick Dukes, pick you know, see if you could. We'll have yeah, yeah. like I don't know how many top brands of mayonnaise are there. Fifteen. Wow. No. That's what the, the that's what the <laughs> oh article, that's what the America's Test Kitchen yeah, said. Yeah. I, I mean, just to my mind, what do you got? Blue Plate, uh, Dukes, Hellman's Craft. That's about the top four that I yeah. that immediately come to mind. Uh, I'm not throwing Miracle Whip in there. That's not mayonnaise. I mean, you got all these, you got some generic brands and stuff like that, but those are the big brands, I would say. Everybody includes like I mayonnaise. French's makes a mayonnaise now. Hmm. You know, they have a man, French's makes a mayonnaise. Well, America's Test Kitchen took the top 15 best selling brands 
What are some of the names that I didn't mention that's on the they didn't Oh, I didn't them. list them? No. They put them head to head. Just like when, it, when you say head to head, is that spoon to mouth? <laughs> yes. Or is that like put it on some bread and try it on a sandwich? From the way I understood it, yeah. it was spoon to mouth and then also in a macaroni salad. Okay. I could <laughs> See, I could try 15 macaroni salads. There's no possible way. <laughs> I would get through 15 spoons of mayonnaise. <laughs> what if it's just like one of those little ice cream testers? <laughs> it would still be disgusting. Like, I don't like, to, I don't like to just eat mayonnaise now. I like it on stuff. It's not a, it's not a main dish. Thanks. Like some people think it is. Mayonnaise is my main dish. That's, that's your t-shirt. <laughs> I like that t-shirt. <laughs> so they said the best tasting brands had the fewest ingredients and simplest flavors. I believe that. Yeah. Closest to homemade. Well, yep. I mean, so Blue Plate, I don't know about the others, but Blue Plate has not changed their That's one of the things they pride themselves on. They hadn't changed their recipe since they made the first jar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Hellman's was runner up. Yeah. Hellman's was. Oh, really? It beat out Duke's. Yeah. Duke's is good. It has. It's a vinegar. I was going to say it has more vinegar flavor in it. And so that's what it's tangier. And a lot of times, I don't want my mayonnaise. If I want tangy, I'm going to go salad dressing. Might as well go Miracle Whip. It's sugar and tang. You know, sugar yeah. and tang is what makes the difference in it. And it's considered a salad dressing. So I wouldn't say Duke's is a salad dressing, but no. it's, it, it definitely has, has more, more vinegar, vinegar flavor. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I bet it's really good mixed in stuff. Yeah. But I wonder if they tested like Chick-fil-A mayonnaise. Which brand do you think that is? That one's better than Blue Plate. Because I, I don't know why Chick-fil-A is missing out. They sell their sauces. You notice that Chick-fil-A sells their sauces in the grocery store. They have like two of them. They're, yeah. They're original, which is like a honey mustard barbecue mix. And then they've got their Polynesian. They don't sell their mayo. Uh, I think they would sell so much mayo. Um, would you buy? Would you? Heck yeah. So I know you love Blue Plate, but would you still buy... If it, was, if it was in the squeezy thing, I know you would. Maybe not the jar. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not going to make... A pasta salad or something with with Chick-fil-A mayo. I'm going to use blue plate out of the jar. Yeah. But if I'm making a sandwich, I'd probably go with Chick-fil-A mayo. Because I know how good it is on their chicken sandwich. It is pretty good. What do you think? And Whataburger sells their ketchup. So, yeah, yeah. You know. And I still haven't made it to the Whataburger. So right in a town right north of us, like two exits up, they finally opened a Whataburger. And it's been... It's been coming for a while. You know what? There, there's an, a Whataburger within three hours of here. Yeah. 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 Jackson. Jackson. That's yeah. the closest one. Um, but it was a, it's a big deal. Waterburger opened up <laughs> in South Haven. And there, the plan was for them to open four or five in the Memphis metro area. But they opened that one in South Haven on State Line. And it has been like, you can't get in it ever since <laughs> it's opened. It's like, I mean, 11 o'clock at night, Tyler, what were we here? Two hour waits. Yep. Two hour waits. To get in. Steel? O'clock, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just can't get into place. The place is, that is not packed crazy? on the inside. Can like, you imagine like waiting two hours for any kind of fast food hamburger? No. There's no way. I mean, I would be, no. I would be so mad by the time I got up there. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. Like, there's nothing worth two hours. I, I don't know. If, there's not much I'd wait in line two hours for. I'm with you. And you know, you're waiting in line. You're sitting there like talking yourself up and you probably order like so much food yeah. Oh, yeah. Get up there because you're like i really I bet it's the number one water burger in the I... country right now <laughs> it, has probably, to it has to be you got to be like well i gotta try the shake you know <laughs> i mean what do you, you think what if you go too. at 3 30 a.m what it's like if it's still busy is it 24 hours yep 24 yeah. hours and i'm assuming at some point they switch over to breakfast i don't know exactly what time that is but it's That'd crazy. be a good place to go do a TikTok like Max does, where you get in the parking lot and you're sitting there waiting. We might as well cook everything on the menu while we wait. <laughs> cook everybody a burger yeah, before the burger. <laughs> it's a good idea. Oh. I mean, the water burger burger's good. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a 
It's souped up burger. Sonic Burger. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it ain't that much better than Sonic. So I got a question. It ain't two you. hours better than waiting at Sonic. Do you call it hamburger meat or ground beef? I saw this on TikTok. No, I call it. I call it. I guess I call it hamburger meat. <laughs> I call it hamburger meat. Is that a southern meat. thing? What is, I, I don't mean, know. I beef. think it's a trashy thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, back to my roots. <laughs> That's hamburger meat. It's burger meat. Yeah. If I sell you to go to the store, she'll go to the store and get us some burger meat or hamburger meat. Yeah. yeah. I don't say go get us a pound of ground beef. Yeah. We <laughs> say ground beef. Do you say ground <laughs> beef? Maybe, it's just, maybe it yeah. is. Southern I mean, some place they call it mince meat yeah. in Europe. Is that right? UK, it's know. mince meat. Is it? Yeah. Well. Michael used to call it worm meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's meat that looks like worms. No, I call it hamburger meat. Um, This week you did salmon in the air fryer. Hey, I'm going to tell you what now. Y'all know that salmon or any kind of fish is not usually my jam. On the grill or in any kind of way, unless it's deep fried, of course. But but I trying to eat a little better. You know how it is. Try to work in some fish once a week for dinner. A little green. So on my night to cook, I told Shell I was going to try something. We've got a restaurant not too far from us down in Como. It's famous. Como Steakhouse. And they're famous for their steaks, but they have a salmon there that is as good as their steak, and it tastes like their steak. So they cook it over charcoal, and they got this – Worcestershire butter kind of mixture on the outside, and it makes a crust. And so I said, you know, I'm going to try to duplicate that in an air fryer, see how it does. People have told me salmon's good in an air fryer. It cooks fast or whatever. So I went to Kroger, local grocery store, got three fillets of salmon. They're already cut. You know, I think they were they were pretty big fillets. I mean, it was like a 12-ounce fillet, I and mean, that's a pretty good piece of salmon. That's probably more than I should have ate for dinner, but I was hungry. <laughs> but so I, so I did this, I researched it. How do you cook salmon in the air fryer? And it was like, you know, heat your air fryer up for three minutes on 400. And then it's going to take anywhere from six to 11 minutes to cook your salmon. And all you do is put it, you know, put whatever you're going to put on it, put it in the basket, let it rip, check it with internal thermometer. And I think that was key watching the internal temperature. And what temperature were you shooting for? 130. It, it, they recommend 145 to eat it at. Yeah. But in the air fryer, I, saw, I read some comments, and it said the 135 is optimal because it's going to carry over, and it did. That was so. I, I what did Mark say that he's noticed that fish like that carry? Yeah, over? once you get it good, and, once you get fish hot like that, it carries over fast. So it's. Yeah. I didn't. I never tempt fish. I'm first time I ever tempt a piece of fish, honestly. So, so what I did was I took these fillets and I kind of patted them dry a little bit, seasoned them with a little bit of AP, and then I took some butter and just kind of. Got it room temp to where I could whip it up. But it wouldn't melt. Yeah, but it wouldn't melt it. Running, yeah. Yeah. And then I added probably, I would say, a good tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce. And then I added some uh, Willingham's original seasoning because that's what they use at Como Steakhouse. And it's a a heavily Worcestershire-flavored seasoned salt. It's the best way I can yeah, describe it. That's a good it's way got to a lot. It. it has it's that Worcestershire flavor. It's good. It's you know, and, and real it's, good on it's real beef. good. It's real good on beef, and it's good on pork. But it gives it gives you that kind of steaky flavor. And so I mixed a, a good tablespoon of that in with my butter, and just whipped it all up. And I had a little bit of the chimichurri seasoning from Alfragoni. I put just a little bit of that to give it some herbs, you know, a little bit of spice. Whipped that up and just kind of pasted it on the outside of these seasoned salmon fillets. And then dropped it down in that air fryer that was already preheated and just let it go. Well, six minutes because I didn't, you know, I didn't really know. I'd never done it before. I checked it. It was still like ninety-five degrees internal. So I said, "Well, that's you know, it's gonna have to keep going a while." Eleven minutes. It was still, you know, 
not about 110. So it ended up taking 16 total minutes was my magic number to get it to about 132, 133. For that size fillet. For that size fillet. Yeah. So you got to check them. You got to check them. But on air fryer, it's super easy. Just open, you know, pull the drawer out and pop the thermometer in there and check it. But so after that point, I just let it rest a little bit and it got this dark crust on the outside of it. So good. It was crispy. The bottom, it still had the skin on. I would, I'd recommend probably if you're going to do it in air fryer or grill, Leave that bottom skin on your sink because the, the fillet comes right off that skin. Mm-hmm. And some people eat skin. Like, you ate skin. I ate a few bites of the crispy yeah. part. But, so, after I got it done, I took whatever butter I just had left in the bowl from spreading it on those fillets and zapped it in the microwave until it melted. And I drizzled it over the top, too, to give it just a little bit. And that salmon, it had zero fish taste at all. Yeah. It tasted like a steak almost. It I mean, did. I would say just because of the seasonings and the crust of it. And it was juicy through and through, perfectly cooked. It was not dry. It flaked. I mean, it was, I was the best piece. Of, now, this was no doubt the best piece of salmon I've ever ate in my life. Better than Como Steakhouse, which I hold up there. And way better than some of the cat food I've cooked before. <laughs> and I don't, this wasn't anything special. This wasn't like I had flown in salmon or fresh off the boat or something. This was, it was a Kroger. good piece of salmon. Yeah. It did look like a good piece. And, it did. It did. You know. I would highly recommend y'all try it. I mean, I cooked it with some asparagus. This was a fast dinner. I'm talking about I popped some little new potatoes. You did the potatoes in the microwave. They're just like little new potatoes that you seasoned up. And How did you do those? Uh, I just microwaved some new potatoes and threw in a little butter. Or maybe I used olive oil because I'm trying to do better. And uh, I think it was – oh, I used Parmesan prime cheese. beef. I used prime beef and uh, Parmesan cheese. That was all his own them. Yeah. They were so easy, like seven minutes, right? Yeah. It's not long at all. No, it's five and a half. Oh, uh, and then I did some asparagus in the oven, just roasted with a little uh, TX seasoning on it. Man, that was easy dinner, and it was so good. I didn't feel bad eating a twelve ounce salmon fillet. Felt like I was eating something healthy, <laughs> 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 as opposed to a twelve, a 12 ounce ribeye. <laughs> so I can get down with fish once a week on that. I wouldn't want to eat it every day. But I can get down on yeah. that. I will say that that. I'm gonna try to do it on the grill at on the Traeger at 400. See what it does. I bet it's gonna be just as good. I, I've done some good fish like on barbecue season and smoked them, and you know it's pretty good. But I want to eat it all the time. No, this you. I mean, once a week it'd be a great dinner. Um, I'd serve it to somebody. I was that proud of it. Yeah, <laughs> Thought it was yeah, that good, yeah. You know? Like for a yeah, dinner party or come something. Over. Yeah, we're eating fish tonight. <laughs> we need a bigger air fryer. Yeah, yeah. do they make a bigger? One? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Um, I will say that the air fryer allowed you to cook it so well. It was like perfectly cooked. That was probably the most perfectly cooked fish I've had. Yeah, yeah. Outside of a really nice fish restaurant. I would say so, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was really good. It was restaurant menu worthy. Yes. And done in 16 minutes. I mean, that's easy. The only problem is that we couldn't do all three pieces at one time. Yeah, you're limited to your basket on your air fryer. We've got the... What is it, the Ninja Air Fryer, I think? No, what you took is? that one down to Deer Camp. Oh, what's you the took one? the nice, uh, it's some cheap one oh. that we bought for the house. I think it's still a Ninja brand. It is? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, I, we use it. We've been using it all the time for quick stuff. I mean, I thought Why it was it just for making. so long to I don't know. It makes it awesome french fries. Like, just, I mean, it's better than mm-hmm. frying them to me. They get crispy and they're golden brown and take them out and they're hot and salt them a little bit. You, know, you haven't used any oil, so the cleanup's nothing. You just dump out a few crumbs and wipe it out with the paper towel and you're good to go. And we've been doing uh, like Brussels sprouts and yeah, vegetables. green beans and things like that. Anything you want to get a little crispy without frying, it does good. 
So um, we did some TikTok recipes. That was what we came back with. That's what I want to talk to you about, the pimento cheese. All right. One of the best pimento cheese I ever had came from Jack Daniels. There's a little store, a little <laughs> yeah. grocery store up there that sells, uh, it's like a jalapeno white cheddar pimento cheese. They make it right there in the store. And there was a guy selling pork rinds at the, at the festival. So, man, you talk about pimento cheese on a pork rind. If you've never tried that, you got to. That's something we serve a lot now since then. Yeah. It's like a great, <laughs> like, mousse-bouche or whatever, you know, first little Red bite neck. of something. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of serving pimento cheese and pork rinds and calling it a moose moose. moose. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Chef would like you to try this. I like his style. But yeah, so what's your so the way I make pimento cheese is pretty easy. It, it's simple as it gets. Simple as best. Yeah. I start with eight ounce block of regular sharp cheddar, eight ounce block of like white sharp cheddar. And then jar pimentos, I always drain them because I don't want too much. Li- I hate liquidy pimento cheese. Mm-hmm. So I drain that. But then I also chop up some pickled jalapenos just to give it a little vinegar because pimentos aren't pickled. I mean, a lot of people probably thought pimentos are pickled in I a jar. I thought they were until They're we just had in, this conversation. Water. Yeah. yeah. It's not a pickled pepper. So you need a little bit of that vinegar, that acidity, and that jalapeno does that. And especially if you use like the tamed jalapenos. I think, what, what brand is that we buy? Is it Mount Olive Tamed? No, it's like. Uh... They do the pepperoncinis. We buy their pepperoncinis. Okay, well, too. whichever brand it is, I can't remember, but they have one they call tamed jalapenos, and it's all the jalapeno flavor without the heat. So I'll probably put a quarter cup of those Mazzetti's. in there. Okay, yeah. Mazzetti's? I think that's how you say it. They do have good olives, too. But um, once you do that, you got to have some blue plate mayo, and I use probably about half a cup. Now, the mayo is kind of up to you, and it never mixes up the same way. I always grate the cheese. I buy the block cheese. Don't use the cheese in a bag because it's covered in starch. You need to grate it up. And then you start adding all your ingredients except your mayo. And I even put a little of the juice from the jalapeno in it too just to give it a little bit of tang too. Mm-hmm. And then I add my mayo like about half and stir it up and start seeing how creamy it's going to get. Then I'll add a little more mayo. But if I had to, I mean, if I had to give you an amount to start with, it's probably going to be half cup. Half a cup to three-fourths yeah, of a cup. Yeah, yeah. But I like mine. For two yeah. eight-ounce blocks, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. And that'll, that'll make a good, solid pound of pimento cheese. At least, you know, by the time it's all mixed up and you've added everything, it, you know, if you were buying it in a container, it's a good pound. Yeah. That's a lot. So it's great as an appetizer. You know, we serve it all the time when we're doing sausage and cheese plate. So you've got your different smoked sausages, you know, your peppers, pepperoncinis, pickles, and you've got pimento cheese. Crackers. With crackers, and we we call it a redneck sushi, where you take a piece of sausage with sitting on top of some pimento cheese with a little pickled jalapeno on top on a cracker. <laughs> That's I mean, it's great. It really is it's delicious. But I grew up eating them pimento cheese sandwiches. Yeah, white we bread. Were, yeah, that was it. Pimento cheese sandwich. Heck yeah, I love white bread pimento cheese. But on a hamburger, and this is what I did. It, it is good. If you've never had it on a hamburger, try it because it just goes with it, and you don't have to. Like, as soon as that burger comes off the grill, it's sitting there, and you got your bun ready, put you a scoop of pimento cheese on that hot burger. You don't want to put it on on the grill because it's going to melt fast, and the, and the mayo in it's going to kind of break, and it's yeah. going to start melting down. It doesn't do well like that. But when you just put it on the burger after it comes off the grill and then put your bun on, it'll take a burger to a whole new level. It really does because there's so much flavor mm-hmm. in there. It's creamy. It's flavor. You get the cheese. You get a little bit of the, the pepper. And those tiny peppers have some heat. They're just not hot, hot. Yeah. 
And so it really makes a good pimento cheese. But you make, like, I kind of stole that just from watching you over the years because you might, you've always said, ever since I've known you, you've made pimento cheese Love like better cheese. than anything you can buy. And you've got different variations of it. Like, you do. <laughs> but I don't have any recipes. It's just, you just it's always make it by straight from the hip. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. What's your favorite? The ones I don't make. <laughs> oh, really? Like a store ball? No, no, no. When someone else oh. makes a homemade, like when you made that one, yeah. I don't know what it is. When I make it myself, doesn't it taste, doesn't taste as yeah. good. Or your mom brings some. Yeah, or, or something. my mom will bring yeah. some. If you had to pick one brand that you're going to go buy, yeah, there's no good buying brands. I like the Palmetto. Uh, I love. I'm a Palmetto, fan. Man. I'm a. I'm a fan of it. If okay. I had to, if you had to buy one, that's the one I'd buy. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the old Mrs. Dean's. Or, <laughs> that's not even for cheese. You know, you know those that's got, <laughs> yes. and they're just all soupy kind of, and got a weird me- metallic taste to <laughs> yes. them or something. That's yeah. There's Mrs. A Kro- Weavers. That was one. Mrs. Weavers. Yes. Mrs. Uh, whatever. There's a Kroger brand one that has like it's like Gouda. It's but smoked it's made, Gouda. Yeah. Oh, yes. now, oh like that. That's good. just gourmet so pimento cheese. It's not even pimento cheese. It's not. It didn't have pimentos in it, but it has a uh, red pepper, red, red onion. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh. Hey, man, that's that stuff should be illegal. It's you can really eat the good. whole tub of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, Shell turned me onto that. We were serving it on charcuterie board too. Yeah. Pretty much every single time I do one now, it's got to yeah. be on there. So it's easier. I mean, to me, I'd rather have that at a bowl of the pimento cheese on there versus just cubes of cheese yeah if i'm doing sausage and cheese you also did a spicy bacon blt sweet and spicy sweet bacon. and spicy so that one that's all about the candy bacon and if you want to take your bacon to the next level <laughs> if you're a bacon connoisseur like i am and you want to play with different flavors on it that's a good way to do it so let's talk it, about how to make candy bacon all it is is you're coating your bacon but you do sweet outside. and spicy yeah i put so i like i like the combo I want it to have, I mean, the brown sugar is what makes it sweet. So you could use brown sugar. I've seen people drizzle maple syrup on it. I've seen different ways, but I'd like to take a brown sugar and season it up to get some flavor in it. So I use some barbecue rub. I want it to have some of that yeah, flavor. You yeah. know, it's got the paprika, the chili powder, all the other stuff that's in there. It gives you that savory notes and some extra sugar too because it's yeah. got plenty of brown sugar in it. But then I kick that up with cayenne pepper. And crushed red pepper flakes, so you can see that it's got some heat to it. Mm-hmm. And I mix all that in my sugar. That way, all I got to do is just kind of, and I don't even put it in a dredge or anything. I just use my hand, sprinkle it over, like lay the bacon out on a sheet pan covered what, in foil. Does the bacon matter? What, uh, yeah, what well, thick. Bacon, I usually brands? go for a candied bacon. I'm usually going thick bacon. It's not like I'm trying to get it thin and crispy, and I want it to know that you're eating, you know, cured pork belly. That's what I'm. That's what you want when you do bacon candy. So I think the thicker bacon stands up better. And if you're using it for stuff like garnishing or doing something with it, or just bacon on its own, it's a good bite of bacon mm-hmm. instead of just a thin, super crispy, like a. You know. So I like Wrights. I mean, there's Smithfield. Is Smithfield extra or thick bacon's good? Um, there's King Cotton's got a good brand I see in our grocery stores, but. You know, go right. So you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that one's probably it's high, but you know, bacon to your budget, I guess. But <laughs> bacon to <laughs> your budget. <laughs> but so once I get my sheet pan and my bacon laid out, I sprinkle all that sugar over the top of it and kind of pat it in on one side and let it sit a minute, and then flip it over and do the same thing on the other side and just make sure it's coated. Then it goes on a wire rack. Yeah, I do that because I've cooked it just on the sheet pan. And it doesn't do as well. It's like one side of it wants to kind of cook off, and if you put it on that wire rack, it can 
it cooked from all sides and the sugar kind of sticks to it and caramelizes. You just want to get it off that rack when it's done. Spray Don't let that it sit. Rack really yeah, good. Yeah, spray the rack with cooking spray. Yeah. And I usually put the rack over a sheet, a full line sheet pan to help with the mess on the grill because it's going to render out a ton of grease. But I cook it at like 350. Takes about 45 minutes is all on the smoker. You, you want to cook it, you want it to brown up. You want it to really be pretty. And you got to, you know, you so that's how I go. Halfway through, I don't usually just, I don't mess with it. I just let it go until it's got the right color and it looks like all the sugar's caramelized and it'll be bubbling across. You can see the sugar bubbling across the top. That's when I know it's done. So I take it out and let it cool for just a few minutes and then get it off the rack and let it cool completely. That's the way I do it. That, and that way you could do whatever. It's, I mean, it's great in a Bloody Mary. It's great for making sandwiches like I made that BLT. I've, you know, done all kinds of stuff with it. At I, restaurants, they serve it like pinned up on a little clothesline thing. You get scissors yeah. and cut you off a lot. <laughs> but you could go all different kinds of flavors. You could play with different rubs. You could use you know different herbs in it, you whatever you Asian-y. wanted to make. You could, yeah, yeah, you could do all kinds of stuff. You know, I've nev- you've never done a BLT with candied bacon. so That was a first. That was really good. BLT to the next level. <laughs> yes. It's not a BLT you want to eat every day, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it ain't it was good for you. I really, you. really good. Yeah, and I loaded it down. I usually don't when I make a BLT. I usually probably only put two pieces cut in half, so you get four strips on that one. I just yeah. I piled it on. <laughs> you but also, it was good. I, I highly recommend trying that. Um, we also did buffalo chicken rolls. That video hadn't hit yet. It'll hit this weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my take on buffalo chicken dip. In a sandwich. On some Hawaiian rolls. Those little slider, man, I'm, you know, I'll slider roll anything. (laughs) Hawaiian rolls, and I haven't found anything that a Hawaiian roll does not go good with. You need to do a series called Will It Slide. Will It Slide. (laughs) (laughs) But, so I mixed up, yeah, it was, I smoked the chicken and pulled it. It's just, all you need is two cups of pulled chicken. So this is great. You could use rotisserie. Yeah, you could, man, you could roast rotisserie. You could bake some chicken. Don't use canned chicken. That's a cop out. That stuff. Feed it to the cat or something, but you know, buy go to go to your grocery store and buy rotisserie, you know, and pull it or just throw one in fried the oven. chicken too. Fried, I've done it with fried chicken. It makes you can do pull some fried chicken and make a chicken dip with it. I've never done it on the sandwich, but I've done it on the you, just as a dip around here. Really you can swing by the gas station and get you some chicken eight tenders. piece fried. Yeah, chicken tenders. <laughs> cut them up. <laughs> cut them up. They'll work too. But so all it is, it, so it's ranch dressing, and then ranch dressing seasoning. And then hot sauce, two cups of chicken, and cheese. Now, most of the time, if you're making the dip, you're using cream cheese in it, and you're going to spread it out in a casserole dish or something, you know. And, and a lot of times they add blue cheese, too, which you yeah, could you add could, it to you this. Yeah, you could. You could use ranch or blue cheese. I like the ranch, personally. But I used just, a, a, I think it was about two cups. I can't remember the exact recipe. It's been a week or so. But I used shredded cheese, just bagged yeah. shredded cheese. Uh, I used Kobe Jack. I think I put about a cup or two in there. I think you did two cheeses. You did yeah, I used it. Well, a... that's coming. That, that, that okay. wasn't in there. Okay. Uh, that The Kobe Jack was just in the dip, in the in the mix okay. part. So I whipped that all up, seasoned it a little bit, thought it needed some more hot sauce, so hit it with a little more hot sauce, spread it out. Like you should take a pack of Hawaiian buns or rolls, and you split them across in top half, bottom half. On that bottom half, spread that chicken mixture out. Make sure every roll's got some of it on there. And then hit it with more hot sauce. That's what I did, <laughs> just to give it some more pop. And then I sprinkled shredded mozzarella That's all over that. Was, yeah. So it was like another cup. I don't think I used the whole bag. I think I used like half a bag each time. So that would be a cup of each. Then put the top bun on. And then I melted some butter 
and put in some of that ranch seasoning. It's just Hidden Valley Ranch in a shaker. I call it ranch seasoning. I don't know. It's, yeah, you could use a ranch yeah. packet. A little you could bit use a ranch, ranch packet. Bag. The ranch packet's strong, way stronger than the seasoning. I think can, so too. So I just shook some in the butter, kind of got it going, brushed it over the top of the rolls on the smoker 350. What, 45 minutes, Tyler? Mm-hmm. It wasn't long until the cheese is all melted and bubbling and coming out the sides. Then you bring it off. It helps if you put the, like, when you put it on a pan to cook it in the, on the grill or in the oven, go ahead and put it on some butcher paper, some parchment paper, because you got to get it off that pan. And by doing that, it just lets you slide it off to your cutting board. That's a good tip. And then I cut it up with a pizza roller, and man, the string, the cheese was just gooey and stringy, <laughs> and that was, that was so good. It was really good. So good. It's better. It was better than the chicken dip that you do eat with Fritos. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could put a crunch element to it if you crunched up Fritos and put it in there on the cheese layer some kind of way. Yeah. You don't really need it though. I bet a crispy. It's a football food. This is a straight up. You ain't eating this for dinner. This is for yeah, you know, yeah. Get this is a or tailgate yeah. or something. Tailgate food. Yeah. So you could prep that up, wrap it up in full. We used to do it with those little any kind of little slider. I do this with. I'll put it in a pan and built it, but I'll lay like extra full out on the pan. That way when I get it built, I'll close that full up and wrap it and then stick it in the refrigerator and let it sit. It's really the, better that yeah. way. And then all that all that seasoning stuff soaks into the bread. They even put the butter on top. Let it soak into that top bun. And then the next day if you're going somewhere, you know there's gonna be a grill or you want to cook it before you go, you just fire up the grill and throw it on there in 35, 45 minutes, you got it ready to go. Only problem is you probably need to make four or five of those yeah, packs. They go quick. They go fast. Especially if you're out at a tailgate and folks are having yeah. a few drinks and that's some, you start getting hungry. Favorite things, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've got a lot of favorite things, but that's one of them. You do have a lot of favorite things. We're coming up on your favorite holiday season. <laughs> coming around the corner here. You're hearing that once a podcast. Nashville, uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Oh yeah, that's a, <laughs> Super Bowl Monday. That's my favorite. One of my favorite days to take off. So I have a question that someone asked in the community, and I feel like, uh, I mean, you know a lot about barbecue and grills and smokers and all that, but I feel like you're especially equipped (laughs) for this question, because when I first met you, this is the only smoker that you really cooked on is Backwoods. Oh, yeah. I mean, you cooked on grills and everything, but I guess that was the only smoker you could I cooked on Backwoods, and that was homemade stuff before that. Yeah. That was the first, like real smoker we ever bought like professional smoker i guess was a backwoods and you've had them for I've had just about every model they've had yeah over the years so still have a competitor in the garage um it's wayland's but i keep it so david asked does anyone have a backwoods he said he just picked one up and he's finding the smoke flavor lacking and he'd love to hear f- feedback on boosting the smoke so on a backwoods i do use a bed of charcoal as my main heat and you want it, the way those are designed, it's a cabinet upright smoker, and you want that, that coal to burn like from the back of the basket all the way forward at an even rate. So I usually stage it up, and the way I set my fire up is to get me, a, you know, depending on which backwoods model, it might take a whole chimney, it might take a half chimney if you got one of the smaller models. But you, you get you some hot coals, and you pull your basket out, and you put those across the back, and you kind of get a little rake or hoe tool and spread them out to where they're in an even line across the back and then you fill that bed up the rest of the basket with unlit coals that's creating when you open the vents and let the air in a burn forward effect and then to get the smoke flavor 
I use wood chunks, and you're going to use way more than you think you would on a backwoods. You need so, more than you think you do? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, it's got the water pan in there, and you want it to smoke, but it's burning at a slower rate, and you're choking that fire down to where it holds those temps down. So it's not raging. So, you know, you're not going to you know, just put one stick on there, and it's going to take care of it. You want to spread out your smoke to, to where it's not all burning up at the same time. It's giving you smoke throughout the cook. Um, and so what I do, I put chunks on it. I'll put, you know, two or three chunks back by the fire where the coals are hot. Then I'll come forward and I'll put two or three more and just do that across the whole firebox. And that's going to get you through a whole long cook. You know? So how long? Well, I guess it depends on the size of depends your... Depends on what you're cooking, yeah. how long it's, you know. How long will it But that's going to give you more smoke. Now, on a backwoods, if you really want more smoke flavor, don't buy wood that's been super dried out. Like you go to the... You know, Walmart or Lowe's or somewhere, and you buy a bag of wood chunks. Well, those have been so kiln drying that they don't have any moisture content in them, and they're just going to go up into flames. They're not going to give you much smoke. You want to you want to use a higher moisture content wood chunk. So if you got access to somebody that's cutting wood, get some, or you cut it yourself, but cut it down into chunks, and it's a greener wood. Just hasn't been seasoned as much. And that's going to give you intense smoke flavor because it's got more moisture content. It's going to slow it down. It's going to smoke more. Now, I still take most of the bark off, but some of it I do use some bark. But, you know, that's that's just how um, you're going to get that intense smoke flavor. Now, you do have to watch green wood. You can oversmoke stuff easy, but you don't want to just be all fresh cut, chunked up, and thrown on the fire. But it's got to be the right content. You know, if it's 18 20%, it's probably okay. Good moisture content. Uh, is that a higher moisture content than you would use in a typical grill? Yeah, well, it depends, like. Depends on what, depends on what you're smoking because a lot of times I'm, I'm I mean, mainly I'm using a bed of coals as my heat source, but if you're using sticks for your heat source, you got to have drier wood, and that's why like on Jolene or on our Outlaws, we burn a really dry wood because we're getting a bed of coals going. That's just to get some heat to light the sticks or the dry sticks we're going to put you on need there. The hotter fire. We need yeah. the hotter fire now. If I want more smoke flavor on my stick burner pits, I've always got some chunks of green wood that I'll put in close to the fire. I don't put them right on it, but I put them close enough to where they're going to smolder and they're going to smoke and it's going to, it's going to accent my smoke flavor. So I'm not, so you're getting some smoke out of dry wood. Don't get me wrong. If you use, if that's all you got, use it. I mean, you're just going to use more of it because it's going to burn up faster and you're going to have to make sure you got plenty going. But in a backwoods, it's all about keeping those coals going from front to back or from back to front. And then like when you get when that burns out, push them all the way back, reload, again. do it again, add some more wood. That's on your long on ribs or something like that. You're not gonna have to. One load's gonna get you there, but don't be scared to add more chunks of wood as you need it. But a backwoods, I probably do burn more wood in a backwoods smoker than than you know, like a drum or something like that. Just make sure you clean it out after you. You gotta clean it. Yep. Well, you get away with being able to smoke longer in that water cooker. Because of the water pan and the temps, and the temp, yeah, the temps are regulated, it doesn't it doesn't color up and get as hard a bark because you always have that high moisture content in your cook chamber, and so you can use more wood, you can use wood longer. You don't have to. You, there's a lot of times you don't have to wrap on a backwoods. I like running no wrap on a backwoods because it's not going to set too hard of a bark. It's just not going to do yeah, it. To the yeah, moisture because environment. Like if you cook it on a stick burner, you got to wrap it. It's going to be all dried out on top. That's one of the advantages of using it. The disadvantage is the water you got to deal with when it's done. Yeah. That's my biggest downside to a backwoods. Other than that, they're great. And if you want a hard Texas bark, you're not going to get that hardly on a backwoods. 
but you you're going to get moist some paint. stuff on the top shelf. Yeah, all the moisture content's going to be great. It cooks some of the best pork. I will hands down. The backwoods is probably the best hog cooker or pork cooker that there is. I mean, it just it's just flat cooks pork good. That's why you see so many teams in like MBM, Memphis and May using a backwoods. To this day, there's a bunch of the hog teams yeah. are using them. Um, good answer. <laughs> uh, speaking of the community, did you see where someone smoked a skinless hog head? No, how'd that go? I bet it was good. They wrap it up though. Yes, they wrapped it up. They put some smoke on it, then wrap it up. Yes. I imagine it just all falls apart and you take out the skull and all you got. That's the, the old school. Meat. I mean, that's what they. I know. So it was it was uh, cow heads. It's kind of the me- Mexican style where they dig a hole and they've got like this brick lined hole in the ground and they'll put all the fire down in it, you know, and then they'll wrap these heads up and season them up in full and drop them down in there and then cover it up and put something over it and put dirt all over it and come back like the next day or whatever. And they get it out and they pull it. They got a way to pull it all up. And it's just, when they, when you see them open it up, it's just beautiful looking meat with all, you know, they pull the bones and stuff out. Yeah. I'd try it. Heck yeah, I'd try it. That's some of the better meat. Oh yeah. I mean, there's better. And you get that. Well, no, the, the jowl in the temple on a hog, I will put it up there with bacon any day. And their cheeks. The oh, cheeks yeah. Are really good. Cheeks are fantastic. Hog jowl. I mean, hog cheeks. God, they're good. What's uh, that little? Is there? You always tell me there's that's an the ocular temple muscle. Meat. That's okay, the that's temple, temple meat. Yeah. It's right in that little temple socket kind of. That's awesome. Awesome meat. You just pop I don't mess with the ears and the snout. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll eat some jowl and some temple. Some cheeks. Some cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> Take your word for it. <laughs> you wouldn't need you would it. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, if, if you didn't see it and you just had it like out on the board, you would say, oh, my God, this is the best ever. I'll try anything once. Yeah. So. I'll That's the first thing I go good. for. When I, like when, we, when we're cooking a hog or something, everybody, you know, pulled off the shoulders and the ham. I'll go in and I'll pull that skin off the face and I'll pop that ocular meat. And that's that's like, I ain't sharing that. That's, that's my <laughs> meat. And then the jowl meat, that's that's all our buddy meat. That's what, you know, we're eating that. And people wondering what you're eating. It's like, man, y'all ain't had good yet. I'll have to come to that. I, I mean, another good yeah, area is yeah. the area around the shank. And that's kind of what the, the jowl is kind of kin to. It's like cross between bacon and shank meat. Because that shank meat gets so good. A lot of people overlook it because it's, you know, down around oh, the yeah. – the knee, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Of the pig, but man, it's good. Texture on it's awesome. But I, I didn't even know you could get just skinless hog head. You I, know? I've never That'd seen be one probably for hard sale. The source. I've know? seen now certain times of year. Usually it's around New Year's, Christmas. You'll see those split hog heads in some grocery stores. Like it'll just be a half. My hood stores I go to. They go. <laughs> 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 you can get a split hog head, and you can, I've seen old ones too. When we were in Dallas, uh, there was like an Asian supermarket that had that kind of stuff at the back. Yeah, it like, it, it, you're going to get that more international food stores and Mexican grocery stores, mm-hmm. things like that. It's a thing. I mean, most folks would be horrified if they walked into Kroger and saw a big head, yeah. a big <laughs> yeah. head laying there. They'd yeah. probably complain. Yeah. yeah. Not as understanding as they think they are. <laughs> My son saw that and said, "Poor piggy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please take it off. Got Wilbur laid up there and then cut his head off trying to sell him. <laughs> He's in therapy now. <laughs> Complaining to the store manager. You just know how that's going. Down. Yeah. Can't sell that. 
It's all in the marketing. Um, so, you know, we talked about uh, the Webbers last week, and you were talking about how the smoke fires, you hadn't heard much about them yeah. or anything like that. So Eric um, emailed in, and he said that he has the second generation of the Weber smoke fire pellet grills. Yeah. Um, After they he, made some adjustments, I guess. And he loves them. Really? He said he's only had one flare-up, but he thinks that's because he didn't keep it clean, which yeah. it happens. Expected. Yeah. Um, but when it's taken care of problem, he has no problems. He did a 14-hour brisket, no issues. Um, his only issue is the pellet hopper doesn't empty into the auger as well as it should. If he's going to be away from the grill for a bit, he'll just fill the hopper and mix it in with his hands. Yeah. I got you. The way it's feeding it. Yeah, the way it's feeding it. All of them do that. Even my Traeger, my Timberline, it's like I have the older Timberline, but it's got this pellet sensor in there, and that joker's going off all the time because the way it feeds pellets, it's like yeah. they're they're piled up all around it, but it thinks they're all going down because that's where the, I guess where it feeds the auger first, yeah. and then I have to go in there and shake it up. I it, thought they fixed that on that. They On the new one, they moved it one. to the side or something. But yeah. They didn't move, which was a smart move because maybe it don't go off as much now. I yeah. cooked on that one enough to see. but Yeah, we hadn't done any like, long overnight cooks. We've just only cooked on it up here. Yeah. I cooked some um, burgers for July 4th. Right, you know, We did a July 4th lunch. They were great. Oh, the, yeah, they man, they had super grilled flavor. I was surprised. Those were frozen burgers, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were <laughs> the nice frozen burgers, but they were frozen yeah. burgers. Yeah. I they think were they were Bubba. Yeah. But they got a real smoky flavor. I'm, I was surprised. I ain't going to lie. I didn't look at that grill to see what it looked like after you cooked on it. Was it a mess? I didn't look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob. It's just sitting out there right now. <laughs> Jacob on that. <laughs> so I got another question for you. Um, somebody in the community was asking, do you wrap pork butts? And if so, what temperature? Yes. Um, yes and no. I don't go by no temperature. Yes. I go by, yeah, I go by look. <laughs> When I'm wrapping, when I'm wrapping pork butt, it's really by look. Like after it's been on and got some smoke and got the bark, I want usually that's four to five hours. Now this is cooking at about two fifty, not fireballing it, not you know hot and fast. But after four or five hours, it should have a nice bark on the outside, and it's not going to get any darker. You're only going to build up bitter flavor if you keep smoking it. You know, now that's when I wrap it up because the wrap's going to add some moisture to it. It's going to soften that bark up a little bit, so you have to bring it back at the end. But it's going to speed up your cook time. That's what the wrap's for. If I had to guess, and this is a range of when I, because I usually put an internal probe thermometer in them right after I wrap them. I try to go right in front of that blade bone to the center mass part of it. Usually, it's at anywhere between 150 and 165 degrees. That's the best time to wrap. And I'd want to wrap before it gets to 165. If you're if you're one of those people that you know want to know it at what temperature to wrap at. Right before it gets to 165, wow. but the only, I mean, just because that's it's taking all the smoke it's going to take, you know, it's not going to get any more smoke flavor. Oh, you know, you're killing. I'll even put wood on after that if I'm, you know, smoking it not wrapped. I just let the coal be the heat, or the, if it's pellet grills, it's kind of different on pellet grill. You don't have to wrap it. You can roll it unwrapped like a no wrap butt on a pellet grill because you ain't worried about over smoking it. But on any other smoker, you could probably over smoke one. Yeah, at 250 degrees, like a drum, you'd power that. I mean. If you held that drum down to 250, it's going to be giving you smoke flavor because you're choking it back. And it's going to get so bitter on the outside that you could, and just because the smoke's building up, then you have to wrap it or pan it and put full over it. So, did that make sense? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've just seen y'all do it every which way. I've, I've done them both yeah. ways. Yeah. I've wrapped them in butcher paper. I've 
put them in a, a, a basting, like a turkey bag and roasting bag. I've, you know, done it all kinds of ways, but the, the surefire no fail method is 250 degrees, season it four hours, wrap it, put a probe in it, four, four and a half more, it's going to be done. Take it off. If you're just pulling it to serve, you can just throw it in a cooler and let it rest a little while and then pull it. But if you're really worried about the bark, you can unwrap it, drain the fat, reseason a little bit, glaze it a little bit, set it back on there, and it sets your bark again. Then it's ready to, to pull to serve. That's like if I want to impress somebody, I do that. Yeah, yeah. That's like a competition method. Competition yeah. style, yeah. But that's no fail, yeah. But lately, we've just been putting them on the pellet grill. And let, let them, them roll overnight, overnight. Keeping the smoke temp at like 200, 215. Takes about 14 hours. And you don't even mess with it. I know. I was sitting over here like, I've never wrapped one. Am I doing this wrong? <laughs> but you've only cooked them on a pellet grill, yeah, right? It, yeah. yeah. Now it makes sense. You don't I'm, really see me doing no wraps. You could wrap them on a pellet grill. I'm, I mean, you'll never see me doing no wraps on like a drum or outlaw or something like that. I just, everything gets wrapped on those grills. When y'all do the... um fundraiser now, pork butts on the old hickory we don't wrap those but we don't have wood either okay we we only put you know we're using charcoal and we're using gas assist we're running those up and we're putting a little bit of wood on at the very beginning once that wood's gone charcoal's gone all it's running on all night is the gas so it's just heat yeah and so there's so much moisture being made in that pit with a full load of pork butts on a big pit you don't have to worry about wrapping them. The bark, I mean, the bark gets a little hard on some of them, but not too hard. No. By the time you, I you like know, it. Yeah, I, I, I prefer it like that. Because you mix it in. Mix it in, and oh, you get good. some of the. I call it pulled and crunchy. That's how <laughs> when I go to a restaurant and order order my pulled pork or you know that's pork a shoulder. Thing, yeah, yeah, I want mine pulled and I want it crunchy. That means they're going to mix in some of that harder bark with the pulled meat, and it gives it just the perfect texture. It, and it's something about I don't know if it's because you put all these butts and cook them all at one time and they're dripping on each other yeah. or something self self basting yes it's something about um pork cooked in that mm-hmm. that way that's yep. awesome um before we get out of here i wanted to talk about the steak contest in melbourne that'll be next weekend right next weekend i think i mean last time i looked it was over beginning 50. of the week it was 54 56 something like that i wouldn't be surprised if there's 75 teams Fighting for uh, what's the grand? What's the first place stake? Twenty five hundred. Trout is a thousand. Plus, there's um, man, I should have remembered that trout dock there. Jack White River Resort, Jack's JoJo's Catfish Wharf, right there. You get um, no, it's five hundred five hundred dollars for your first okay. place trout, but then you also receive the guiding fishing trip and cabin for the weekend. Yeah, on That's the White awesome. River. On the White River. Yep. Yeah, that includes a boat with a guide. And a place to stay and dinner for so many at the catfish restaurant. I oh, it say, is? I want to say that's what Shane told me. But check it out. They're going to have a kids cook there. It's uh, not too late to sign up for that. I think it, the entry fee is going to be free for that. I think the kids' entry fee is yeah. covered. I think it's covered. Sponsored. In your, yeah, it's sponsored. So I think you're okay on that if you sign up. I don't think you can just sign up for the kids. I don't know. I really don't know how that works. You're going to have to contact the uh, it, or contact Shane and Lawson, the people yeah. putting it on. We're just we're just helping them uh, get the word out. We're gonna be there hanging out, seeing everybody. It's gonna be a fun time. Uh, there's gonna be a ton of vendors there. They're having like a vendor showcase. I forget how many time he had it's twenty twenty five at least vendors, but it's on a beautiful golf course in Melbourne, Arkansas. So, if y'all want to come out and cook a steak, win some money? Come on. 
We're probably going to be driving around passing out Bloody Marys on Saturday Are we? morning. Hey, I like your style. Mark's agreed to help me. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a fun time. So y'all come see us out, out in Melbourne, Arkansas. Next weekend, next Saturday. Yeah. So uh, if you want to cook that contest, which if you can, come on. Yeah. Uh, get signed up at the SCACookoffs.com. I think that's it. Right. Something like that. They got a Facebook page. They got a yeah. website. All the info you need. That's all I had today. I'm sure Tyler will post a link to it again on ours. Yep. It's actually directly linked to the podcast. If you guys are looking at the coding, on the, especially on Facebook, awesome. it'll show the link right after. So, Well, we're looking forward to that. Tyler, What uh, where can they find us and all that good stuff? Hey, guys, if you <laughs> haven't. Tell them about it, com- Communicate. It's been a minute since I've talked about this, so if you guys yeah. haven't already, make sure you guys download the How to Barbecue Right app where all of Malcolm's favorite recipes uh, are available right at your fingertips, right on your cell phone device, or you can just go to howtobarbecuerite.com. And we're also been posting some of the TikTok recipes over on h2qshop.com if that's something you're looking for as well. Awesome. Chill. What about socially? Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. And yeah, and that, and that community is the best way to get those questions answered. So if y'all have questions, put, post them on that community. We ask them. We here go through them. We ask them here. We answer them here. We talk about them, and there's no bad questions. So don't feel you know don't feel shy in the community, man. Just ask away, and there's people there that'll help you. Are there so, dumb questions? No. When you're cooking barbecue, I don't think so. <laughs> most of the time, most of the time. I, I don't know no, there's not it depends on how many beers you've had that's what it's all about <laughs> well, well we appreciate y'all hanging out with us and we will be back next week but we're gonna drop we're gonna record one before we go to arkansas right yeah definitely so there'll be one coming out next friday we'll probably already be on the road over there so <laughs> by the time that comes out but if y'all are in that area make sure y'all say hi we'll see y'all next time we're gone